Yeah, I'm I'm getting to the point where it's like, oh, I wore this yesterday. I'm like, you know, that looks that looks kind of cute. I I can wear that again. Yeah, and to be fair, how dirty does do you get on in a day to day basis? I definitely got ice cream on my pants last night. There's ice cream. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I got like Cheeto puffs probably right here on my thighs as well. So. I believe in napkins. They're just not always where my thighs are. <laughs> the secret is you wipe your fingers inside your pockets. Oh. oh. That's brilliant. Yeah. It is yeah. not. <laughs> 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 this man got pockets full of Cheeto dust. Crumbs. Just pockets full of crumbs. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. I think we just hacked it, y'all. I'm Abby Houston. I'm on Liner Notes. On this episode of Liner Notes, we're talking with Abby Houston. I'm going to pick Abby's brain about her last album, Aha. We'll hear the story behind how Abby found out that they were a finalist for the Newland Music Prize, how working with artists from other genres can really affect your songwriting, and what was it like to do a digital concert in Decentraland. Welcome to Liner Notes, where we let Richmond artists tell you about their music, their inspirations, and how they make the soundtrack to the city of Richmond, Virginia. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, on Liner Notes, you are an amazing songwriter, um, a great live performer, and just, well, I'm gonna speak from my personal experience. Somebody that, to me, feels like invites people into your artistry and your music. You don't, you don't try to shove it down people's throats. Like, you, you, are, you are somebody that invites people to come in if they wanna come and welcomes them. So I've always appreciated that since I've kind of been listening to you over these last couple of years. And so I've always just wanted to, to pick your brain um, for my own selfish reasons and creating a cool TV show is a great reason to do that. So thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, everybody, this is Abby Houston. Uh, yes, yes, we can clap, we can do stuff. Nice, all right, cool. I first wanted to start off with by the way, thank you for bringing the record. I'm so happy that uh, actually I'm gonna have a copy now. That's oh, super yeah. dope. By the way, I saw it, it was available at Target, by the way, online. What? No. Yeah. Really? It was available on Target.com. Man. I'll send you the link. Yes. That's pretty sad. I almost oh, bought it from Target.com. Yeah, I'll, I'll, mm, I'll try to remember don't that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless. No, no, that's why I got it from you direct. I'm gonna put that <laughs> down in my notes though. But. That's cool. I wanted to talk about your album, Aha came out in 2021 and I think really carved you out of space in Richmond. Can you just tell me a little bit about how you put together that collection of songs and, and what AHA meant to you? Yeah, it was honestly just a lot of fun. It was, um, I think the first time, my first album was collaborative, so, I pulled together people from a bunch of different bands to be on each song. And that was like an attempt at this, like, it was like a community building exercise for myself, like just trying to uh, reach out to people in bands that I like more and try to get them into my space. But the second album was more like, it didn't really work. I didn't become friends with anyone from the first album or reach out to them again, really. I was just like, wow, thanks. And then that was pistol. But the second album, it really came from just being in a space where we were all making music every day. I think the pandemic allowed that. 
So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> what did, um, how did having like new musicians kind of help you with this album change your sound a little bit? Because every time you get new people in on a project, it's going to influence it a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot of that is, well, the common thread between the two albums is the same producer. And he, and the second album, Cameron Smith was producing for the other artists coming into the space. So I think a lot of the choices just come from how the the performers differentiated ourselves because uh, he was producing at the time for Benet, Jason Jamal, and a little bit for Katie Lawson. So it was like, how are all of our musics, like what makes my songs Abby Houston versus Katie Lawson or Benet or Jason? So I think a lot of it is his influence plus how how we spun it. Nice. No, it's it's a really good album. Um, so I was definitely curious as to who had worked on it. But one of the favorite songs for me is Apartments off of the record. I really like that. And, and so I, I wanted to ask you, what does that song mean to you? But then also I wanted to touch on the video. I really like the video. Um, so that's kind of my second part of the question. But just first, like the song Apartments, like, you know, where did that come from? And, and why is that one of the ones that made it to your album, besides it being good, in my opinion? I think, um, like, typically a song will just make it to my album through, like, what I happen to be going through in that time. And that was a more potent song for me as well, just because it wasn't like a, I guess, it wasn't an interpersonal issue I was going through. It's more of, like, it was just me alone, like, how do I feel about myself and how do I feel about how I'm reacting to everything and yeah I, th I think that's what makes it more relatable sometimes when there's a song like you versus your ex and then people hearing it put themselves in that situation and try to figure out how they I don't know or I do that anyway yeah I think I think that's true I find that a lot of of the great songs that people love it's because people are able to kind of jump into that artist's headspace for a minute or at least to relate those words to their own life in some way and kind of become that 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 character or that emotion and so i think that's good i do you find it easy or difficult to write like that to to, to leave space for somebody else i i guess it depends i think i think it depends on where i am sometimes like lately I've been having more trouble writing like that because I'm thinking too much about other people. And I like, I, I guess it's imagining, well, I think having a, having a baby was really a personal thing that feels crazy to experience through other people's eyes. So I'm like, how do I even share things without thinking about how other people are receiving them now or yeah but yeah I think the one the songs that come through are the ones where I I'm confident in how I'm putting it out that I I know my intentions will shine through and and, and honestly I feel that honesty like through your music you can all I always feel like you can tell when a person is 
is really trying to connect or really trying to let you in versus making something that that is just intended to sound good. You know what I'm saying? I, I think there's a difference. And so I, I like that. And I like that about you. I think that that's part of the reason that your music is appreciated um, the way that it is. How did it feel being um, shortlisted as a, as a final nominee for the Newland Music Prize last year? That was really cool. That was really cool because I was in such good company. I remember a VCU student reached out to interview me of like, one of the questions was like, what if you won? And I immediately imagined, I'm like, I would be so uncomfortable because McKinley Dixon's on that list. And then when he won, I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> that, that was my favorite album of the year. It was so good. It was, yeah, no, it was, it was a great album. I was on the judging list as well. So just getting to listen to all those, tra uh, those albums was just a reminder of how great Richmond is. It's like, wow, this is what we're choosing from. Like, how, how lucky are we as a city? And, um, and, and your album it definitely belonged there. Uh, it was one of my favorites of last year. Again, this is why you're on the show. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. That's how I, yeah, Newland Music Prize was actually really cool because it connected me to a bunch of people I didn't know, like you and Ant. Nice. Definitely the two, like, I guess both of you reached out to me through that, and I really appreciated that. Oh, well, I mean, anytime I hear something that I like, I try, I try to reach out, especially, you know, Within, when, when you're within like Instagram distance, you know what I'm saying? And I can come see you perform another time. Hey, cool boy, what makes Here RVA so cool? There are like so many things that make Here RVA cool. Like ones that just like cool, nice people that really care about each other and the city and the people and the music. Like they're trying to keep people informed with the blog and the newsletter. They are trying to connect fans and musicians with the mixed taste quiz. You know, if people don't know, how can they support you? So you have to make the people know. The podcast, Liner Notes, is very cool. I don't know if you know about it. They show up at all the events around the city and they're like talking to people about Richmond music. It's just, you know, a very cool thing. Not like a cult at all. I'm going to go to hereRVA.com, subscribe to their newsletter, read their blog articles, look at all of their liner notes episodes, and just, you know, be a cool fangirl for HereRVA. Good, because I'm going to check on you and make sure your name's on the registry. I'm watching you now. Yeah, Ant the Symbol uh, is one of my one of my old friends and you know, you're talking about connecting with him through the Newland Prize. I know you guys have a song that's going to be included on his album, um, and it's called Can We Talk with, with Logos the Poetic. I really love this song. I think people will really love this song. Um, can you tell me, just, you know, you hear about Anthe Symbol, and how does this song come about? Um, he reached out to me with some beats, and I had been dying to work with, logos because he's a good friend and just like a mastermind he wrote like five verses or something for that and just we just kept recording and that was really fun for me too because I have like I get anxiety in the studio especially with new people I'm it's not really the space where I just jump in and feel comfortable but that one because he sent the beat I had a little home set up and I was engineering it too, and I think I think that was cool for me because I had never been in a situation where I was engineering someone else as well, and to be able to have that control to kind of like 
put together what I wanted this song to be specifically. I don't know. That was exciting. I've actually we've had this conversation um, on on the show before. I think it was with Oz talking about when you're an artist, but you're also engineering the session for you or for another artist. Like being able to switch your brain from technical is this recording is everything working mode into performance vocally, um, you know that kind of artistry. How was that for you? Because for me, that was really difficult. Yeah, I think what made that easier is I also, in the same way that I'm not most comfortable just jumping into a studio space with someone else, I, I didn't even give it a, the time for when Marquise was over or Logos. I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to record all my vocals just alone and then invite him over. Okay. So <laughs> I had plenty of time to switch my brain. And, and I, I don't know. I like to give myself a lot of grace to kind of get to where I, I'd like to be. Sure. No, I think that's very important. I mean, when you start putting pressure on top of yourself to create, I don't think it really allows what's there to come out. I think you end up forcing some stuff out. Yeah. And it's funny because there really is no pressure. Like, I don't know where that comes from when someone else is there, especially people who I know support me. But you can, I don't know. It's hard to shake sometimes. I understand. I've walked into like a studio before and people are there and you're like, oh, I have to do this in front of others. What if I mess up? And it's like, I don't know. They believed in you to bring you to the space, right? Like, the, yeah. And the same thing with you. Like you're, in, you're with your friends. You're inviting people that you like to create with. So yeah, it, it usually is just kind of in our heads, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the first time last year I did some recording where the engineer was... It was, I was nervous. It was um, at Mike Millian's studio and his approach to taking my recordings was to, like, if I didn't feel good about it, deleting them. I never worked like that. I, I usually, like, go in and chop and, like, like, nitpick each syllable and be like, okay, this syllable from this take. And I go crazy with it. And I really, I like doing that as as someone behind the computer, but I could see why someone working with me behind the computer would not want to have to do that. So it's just like all on feel, like delete if it wasn't feeling good. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying because, you know, you're sitting there working on your song and you're like, man, I, I can do 50 hours. Exactly. Let me let me grab this little snippet <laughs> and this little snippet. But from like an engineer standpoint too, like I think I think if you can get a longer section of vocals all at once, usually the feel is consistent, you know, yeah. and the vibe is consistent. So I like that approach as well. Have you kind of changed uh, how you edit songs since working with Mike? Still I still like it. I like, it's so bad. I line up like 50 different tracks in, and then just keep going in them all. And if it is different feels, I'm like, okay, these don't work together unless I'm like vamping up to it or something. But I, I kind of like getting in my head about it. <laughs> So on the average Abby Houston track, how many, how many vocal takes actually make the cut into the track? I have, I could not tell you. For for Aha, Cameron had me set up in a separate room, so I don't even know. Like oh. doing vocals, and it was so funny. He wired an XLR through his attic and drilled a hole in his ceiling to have a. A booth space in just a regular house 
But yeah, I could not tell you. We were at it for hours. Well, it sounds good. You don't notice it when you listen to it. So good editing. Nice job, guys. <laughs> hey, cool boy. I'm a musician and I got a new album coming out. How can I tell everybody about it? Oh, babies, that's very easy. All you have to do is go to hearva.com and there's this part that's like, submit your music. And you put in all the details about your music, you know, like a cover image, who you are, what your social media tags are, and stuff like that, when the album's coming out. And hearva will put it every Friday in their new music posts on the Instagram and the Facebook. And oh, people see it. It's great. They know about you. They know about the cool music. Thanks, cool boy. I'm going to go to herrva.com right now. I wanted uh, one of one of the videos that I came across when I was like, you know, doing research on you and I, and I liked um, is you had an hourglass sessions <laughs> where like you were performing in the decentral land. Um, mm -hmm. I forget the name of the actual like. It's not metaverse. It's uh, is it decentral? Oh, decentral land is the game. That's right. Yes, my bad. But you were getting like choose winners and perform like in yeah, this virtual fun. space. Like that. That's a cool experience. Talk to me about a little bit about that. I think oh, I just felt so goofy. I loved. I guess because I don't know much about the lifestyle of video games or virtual worlds, I was just playing with it. It was. I don't know. I liked the uh, costume contest. I was learning about buying virtual land for investment purposes. And it was like, I guess, it just felt like hanging out with my band because we were most of the room. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Hourglass uh, Session studio is, is a pretty cool little space. How was it working with them and kind of putting that whole production together? Because that wasn't just a live performance, a live performance and a live stream on a multiple yeah. platform. Like, what's that kind of experience like seeing that from the other side? They're very professional. So that was fun. I guess mm, one thing that kills me about that is my guitar shaft fell. I, that's the one takeaway I have I, I, like for years since I'm like, oh, my guitar strap. I was like balancing on one foot, holding it. You pulled it off though. The show must go on. Yes. It was like the first song too. But yeah, the guys from Hourglass are really nice. I actually was in an astronomy class with Tyler, Tyler Schuschmidt. Nice. He was the main videographer during that session. So it felt comfortable. That's cool. Yeah, Tyler helped us um, put this together and, and he lent us oh, some nice. equipment to make this happen. So he's, he's a big help for, yeah, for this nice production. Dude. He's a super nice dude and a great musician too. Oh yes, I still have seen his band and I feel really bad about that oh yeah nah he's he's they're gonna they're gonna keep smashing around Richmond I think big things are coming for them another cool experience that we have bumped into each other at was daydream fest last year Richmond's newest you know uh, music festival and this year it's gonna be a two-day event but last year you performed there and it was great seeing you perform. We got to talk to you under the Here RVA tent and stuff like that. What was it like performing then? I know it was hot, but then also like how important is having something like that in Richmond? It was really fun. I guess I, I don't go to a lot of festivals, so I don't think I understand the importance as much as people who tend to, but as a musician, it was fun to just like, have that big of a bill. I'd never been a part of something so big and 
Um, I don't remember the other part of your question. Oh, uh, <laughs> just the uh, like how how is it important to like have something like that in Richmond, like a, a big big festival type music that celebrates Richmond artists. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun too. I think one thing, I guess the first thing that comes to mind when you're saying that is that we need more local people who were raised in Richmond on the bill. That would be cool. Who are some that you would like to see get some more love? Well, I guess um, Jason Jamal for sure. He has really fun live show and cool disco tracks. I know Benet was trying to, well, they were talking to Benet about being on it both years. So it was not without trying that Benet is not on the track, on the, on the list, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bummed I'm gonna miss it this year. Are you gonna be attending this year? I haven't seen the dates. I would probably like to. Cool, yeah, it's a May 29th and 30th. I don't know, it's Memorial Day and the day before, but it's two oh, days yes. this year, which is kind of cool. They're, they're going bigger. But you've done some touring around trying to uh, going down to South by Southwest and performing down there. What's it like traveling and taking your music to a different location and presenting it? You know, you've, you've been around Richmond. These are these are, you know, this is where the music was created. So the, the feel is going to fit here. How does it feel kind of presenting that to a new audience? It's always interesting. I guess I think. I think it's usually interesting because I have a different setup each time. I haven't really taken a, a steady band to multiple locations. So, yeah, once I played a la 20, yeah, no, 2021, I played a show in Miami where I just like borrowed someone's guitar there and like their amp, and it was like a punk setup. And a lot of it is like, I didn't have a car until last year. So it was like, what can I take on a bus that is, that will get me there? Yeah. The well, Abbey Houston Essentials. <laughs> yeah. Essentials. Yeah. I don't want to take an amp on a bus, although I've considered it. Uh, yeah. I think sometimes when I play in the DC area, I use my dad's guitar, which is cool. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of. It's just fun to experiment with how it's going to sound when I, I guess I think if I bring myself and the songs, it doesn't matter how it comes together. Otherwise, it'll just be interesting to me. I'm not really particular about having it like match. Hey everybody, it's a cool boy here telling you about all the cool things the HRVA has going on on the website. Have you ever heard of the HRVA Mixtape Quiz? Wow, what a phenomenal piece of technology they've created. You go to the HRVA website, that is herevea.com, and you answer like a six question quiz, you know, like one of those kind of BuzzFeed style quiz, you know, which Harry Potter house are you in, or like, you know, are you Spider-Man or Captain America? Those kinds of quizzes. Well, you do one, it's very quick, and you get a Richmond music playlist that fits your specific vibe. So maybe you want to go out on the town and have like a really cool, exciting night with the girls and you're pumping your fist. Man, that's a playlist for that. Anyway, whatever your vibe is, be cool with it. Cool boy, signing out. A pieces. It's a Friday night in Richmond. 
you're free babysitter. This is completely hypothetical. I know how I know how the young parent thing is, but you're free. Everybody's playing in Richmond. What snack are you going to grab and who's the bill you're going to see? Hmm. Well, I think I always have the most fun at a tribe show and that's been for years, but I've only really I think last year I went out to more than I usually do. And that's just cuz the energy they bring as a as friends to each other sets. It and their group of friends. It's just it's a vibe. They do. They do. They pull their energy together and it's it you can see them like feeding off of each other on yeah. stage. It's kind of fun. Um uh, I've yet to have that experience uh where like I'm bouncing off of a collaboration of, of writers very often. I just recently got to play in front of a live band, which is cool, so that experience. Have you ever kind of sat and roundtabled with other writer friends? I'm sure you, ha- you, know, you, you have writer friends in the area, but do you guys ever work together on you know, just each other's work or, or kind of help each other out or you know, anything like that? Yeah, I was, I was pursuing being a songwriter for a minute, like trying to write for other people. I think that was around the same time we were working on the album. Uh, Cam had me as an in-studio writer, so he'd invite other people over, and I'd be there like, if you if you need anything, I'll just be coming up with ideas right here. So it was a fun exercise, like just trying to like roll with what somebody else's direction was. And a lot, I guess, I think exercise is a really good word for it because a lot of it is like they're your thoughts so they're not necessarily what somebody else is thinking so it'd be writing and then like no (laughs) and I'd write some more and just try to get to where yeah trying to you have to fit something exactly in a space and it's got to blend in because if you use you know a different type of phrase then the person had been using the whole thing well blend in and resonate too it has to like what I write are my thoughts and feelings. So if the singer is like, I don't feel that way, it's not going to make the song. Yeah, it could still, it, yeah, it could be a great song on paper, but the performance from that artist could could not, uh, or could lack because they don't feel the lyrics as much. That's super interesting. I Like the whole how a recorded song and a live performance relate, I think is a, is, it's a very interesting thing. Do you, do you find yourself enjoying one more than the other or are they both great (laughs) yeah I think they do different things for me I think I because I get more nervous I'm not inclined to live performance but also because I get more nervous I feel like I get more out of it like okay this is a opportunity for me to grow right now for these people and try to work through it and what is, I, I know the answer for myself, but what is the moment for you when it's the highest bit of nervousness before you perform? Like, is there a moment and how do you work through that moment to go on stage and perform? I think usually the most helpful thing for me is just a minute to myself. Like, if I'm working with a band, just like stepping away and trying to like, or... Even like if I'm doing a solo show, I have, I like usually want to socialize with the other people on the bill, but if I can step away and just like run a few songs by myself, that, that helps remind me. I'm like, okay, you know, these songs are your songs. 
Yeah, you just kind of got to recenter for a moment. Yeah. Just remember, you know, that you've done this before. Do you, you know, you get off stage. You've you've obviously done it because the performance happens and you come off stage. Are you able to add that into like your confidence pocket to pull out for the next show, or is it kind of a restart every time? I think it's a restart every time, and that's been the case since I was first getting into performing. I actually, I'm going to take that back because I do know that I've grown a lot over the years. I it just still feels like a restart, but I know that it's adding on to like I definitely. Have grown a lot in in confidence since I first started playing, even just in Richmond. The Aubrey Richards Boutique is a full pop up shop and blog centered around and for women who are happily maturing. The items are either handmade, designed, or ethically sourced from themselves, other makers, or small companies. Aubrey Richards Boutique is here to uplift guests and build community within our community. Find out more at AubreyRichardsBoutique.com. Oh, going back to AHA, you worked with Egg Hunt Records to get that produced. I mean, Egg Hunt Records is Richmond classic. How, how do you, you know, get involved with them? How do they get involved in releasing this project? Yeah, so um, they were for, I guess, I don't know the... The industry terms for it, but um, like they funded the distribution and release. So we had the album fully produced before reaching out to them. And that's how I think we pitched it to them. Like, okay, just listen to it. And if you like it, it's here. You can take it. I think if we were trying to, yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> in, in the negotiation stages of that, they're like, you don't have a lot of fans. And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't currently. So if we didn't have the album ready, I don't think that would have happened. You have to present yourself, you know, in, in the best way forward. So I, I think, you know, that was smart, um, doing it as well as you could and then going, hey, this is, this is what I have. How can, can we work together? Can we help? Um, I think that's great. And I think that was very cool. How did you get them the album? Like, did you send them an email and present it? What what, what did you say in that, that email? How do you present the record? I think, um, I think we were, I guess I felt like I was selling myself more than the record. It's like, I'm an aspiring writer. I'd like to be writing for a number of artists. I have worked with these artists. I am like in production space like working with these and then selling myself and selling Cameron I think it was really a collaborative album between him and I so it's funny that it's as Abby Houston but pitching to Egg Hunt was pitching both of us yeah I'm always interested to see like how artists are uh, you know coming up on the opportunities because you do have to present yourself to these people for you know, people to know you you know so it either has to be an email or a personal yeah. connect and I mean, Richmond's small. You might run into people, but sometimes you have to reach out. And I think it's important that other artists know that. Like, people aren't just going to stumble upon you all the oh, time. Yeah, no. I don't think that that Adam from Egg Hunt is, is running around the Camel or Gallery 5 late at night. He has kids. He's in the burbs. 
I, oh, I know, I know that deal. I have kid, and I live in the burbs. Uh, <laughs> still technically Richmond, but I'm in the burbs, and it's, it is tough to get out to see everybody. Even if, even if your priority is to explore and find new artists, like you have to find time to do that and fit it into your life schedule, and then, and then. Good luck, you know, finding the eight million bands that are in Richmond and finding all of them. Because I've been looking for like three years, and I feel like we're still finding yeah. whole pockets of artists and and groups. Um, has there been anybody that you've come across in the last couple years that you're just a huge fan of now, um, as far as Richmond musicians? Um, I think eighty. I don't know if you've heard their music, but they moved to Richmond also during or they moved to Richmond during the pandemic and they haven't even released what I'm most excited about. They have a lot of, just a lot of music they've been working on. And recently, I think a few nights ago, I saw clips from a house show that they played a solo set and it just sounded beautiful. I like, I like them with the full band and individually. Hey, cool boy. How are you so cool? Wow, that is like a very big compliment. Thank you so much. But the answer is quite simple, my darling cool girl. The answer is, like, I've just been reading the blog content from hereavier.com. Have you ever seen this? Well, let me just tell you, they have all the things. They have interviews with really good artists and interviews with, like, cultural cultivators. It's very cool. You learn about the city and stuff. And it's, like, super cool. Anyway, they also have blog content about like live events. There's like video recaps about things. So like if you weren't there, you could feel like you were there if you wanted to be there. Or like maybe you check it out and you're like, wow, the next time that happens, I'll go there for sure. But you didn't know until you saw the blog, you know? And then there's also things that are like tips from musicians. Like, hey, like maybe you don't want to, um, you know, be a rapper and like, rap over top of your own vocals that's corny and people don't like it and then there's also like really cool blog posts about just the cool culture of richmond which is like art and other art and also art mixing together it's like a very cool space but you find that all this information in the blog on yavia.com is it only for cool people that's the beauty of it uncool people can go there and then become cool awesome thanks cool boy Uh, I think I want to open it up to the crew for questions. Oh, hell yeah. La okay, so so that is um, Lavender Michael, uh, this dinosaur, because it's a lav mic, um, and he's kind of pink on the top, so that's Lavender Michael. Um, yeah. You, you may need to flick, it, uh, flick yours on and off, Max. Sometimes. Yeah, I know. Just flick it off and then flick it back on. Sometimes you got to do it twice. Okay. Ryan, do yours as well. Flick off and on. Sometimes it's just janky. Good? Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Hi, Abby. Hi. Uh, I, uh, I absolutely love your song, Promise, uh, a lot. Uh, I think it's because I'm just a big fan of something like authentic and uh, empathetic as well. Is it hard to, uh, I guess, get into that space and write songs like that? And also, you know, how difficult is it to do it, like, consistently? Yeah, I think... It's funny, that one, it's not hard to write like that. It's hard to support yourself once you've written it. I almost didn't put that out because it was just like, this is stupid. And I was kind of very, I was very much pushed to put it out. And I still sometimes listen to it. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but it, it is genuine. And 
I think that's I think that's the thing is like when it's stupid and genuine, you're like, dang, now everybody knows. <laughs> but it's just that's life. Yeah. No, I greatly appreciate it. Um, I think there are a lot of art, a lot of music fans love that genuine, that genuine sound and, and feel. So, yeah. Anybody else have one? Oh, cool. Mel said, I got one. Hold this camera. <laughs> wow, that's so fun. <laughs> Good morning. Hey. Um, do you remember the first song you wrote? I I'm, I consider myself a songwriter too. My cousin and I wrote a song when we were eight and nine, and we both vaguely remember the lyrics. But it's something at almost in our mid thirties, we're like, we should really keep remember what we have, write, and then just add on to it. But do you remember the first song you written? And have you recorded it? I do. I would not record it. It was um, a creative. I forget what the assignment was, but the first song I wrote was about Patrick Henry. Give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> and it was a group project, and it was what I brought to the project, and I felt so good about it. I'm like, wow, I could write songs. This, this just came out of me. <laughs> you said you wouldn't record it? I don't think so. I mean, maybe, maybe for, um, for students. I don't, I don't know that there was a lot of... Um, I think it's more, I would more want to show it to a kid and be like, you can write a song too, than want to record it. Well, have you, written, <laughs> let's say, go back 10 years, have you written something before that you've gone back to, like, maybe you thought it was yeah. cheesy or like, eh, Yeah, yeah, no that was the second thing I thought of after, after Patrick Henry was um, the first single on Rich I wrote as a teenager, and it was another one that, I kind of had to be pushed to put it out because it, I wrote it fast and it didn't seem like that profound, but it was called Magnolias. It was about a girl named Magnolia who was cute. And I never even spoke to, I just wrote a song. <laughs> nice. cool. uh, we got a little gift for you for, for coming out and for being a part of the season. Thank you so much. Um, we, we really appreciate you. Thank you for spending part of your drive, workout, grocery shopping time, or wherever you're at listening to this podcast. If you're still listening, we would love for you to help us fund the next season. You can sign up for a membership and get early access and other perks at Buy Us a Coffee. That link's in the show notes. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and all the other cool positive things for this episode. That's free to do and works miracles for podcast teams like us. Shout out to the season two crew floor and creative director ryan l moses that's me host and producer elijah hedrick director alex bolton videographer melvin lassiter editor ian rompershad audio engineer clark moeller graphics tyler blankenship photography gordy michael guest liaison max ross gopher jai hedrick intern shiloh tillman special thanks to tyler shearsmith theme music by ant the symbol Remember, listen local, make it global. Here are VA. We out.